The following has been recorded at Cairn University. Any reproduction of this recording without the express permission of the university is prohibited. I pray that, I continue to pray that the Spirit will speak to you as you find time to reflect what you heard and to respond to Him. I trust that the Lord continue to enable you to impact the world where you are. Always strive to offer your life to Him with open hands, to let the Word of God dwell in you richly, to give yourself fully to Him, and to live a life of godliness. We love our God, and we ought to learn how to love His church. She is not perfect, but in God's wisdom and mercy, He establishes the local church and chooses imperfect people like you and me to be His witnesses to the world. We need the church as well as learn to love her because the local church is where we can learn, grow, and serve Him by serving His people. I told you on Wednesday that I cleaned the toilet as a summer uh, worker, summer missionary in Taiwan. Since then, whatever the church needs uh, to be done, I would roll up my sleeve to help. May it be in the kitchen or anything else. When they need someone to teach or speak, I would also step up. The local church is a place that shows us that we need one another. You need to belong to a local church so as members of the body, we can function properly and fully. The local church is a place of diversity with unity. Not everyone there is like us, but we are essential parts of this body of Christ. Remember, Christ loved her and gave himself up for her. The local church is also God's way to accomplish his purpose in this world. This morning, we turn to the last part of our theme, loving the world around us. Who are included in your world? Our world may make up differently for each person, but for most of us, it includes families, friends, neighbors, people in our community, and beyond. You just heard the John 3.16 in Swahili, in Japanese, and in Portuguese. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God loved the world in this way, he gave his son and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. What a privilege that we have as his follower to take, to take this message to other people who still do not know him. Let me share some of the story with you, and then we'll, um, I'll also share with you some of the points to consider how we together, how you can love the world around us. Our world may develop, like I said, our world may develop different people. Many, many times, family come first. My aunt, my mother's youngest sister, is very resistant to the gospel. My uncle was a self-made man. He didn't like to depend on anyone or ask for help from anyone. They were not interested to go to church, to the Christian message, and they were not very social people either, sociable people either. 
It's a challenge to maintain relationship with them, where we are separated almost 5,000 miles. She lives in Hawaii, and our family live in Maryland. I visited her a few times in the past during the years I served in Taiwan because I have two supporting churches in Hawaii. And most of the time, when my mom talked to her on the phone, they can talk about almost anything. But as soon as they get to spiritual things, she would quickly end the phone call. So it was difficult to start that conversation, spiritual conversation. And so my mom continued to pray for her. After Thanksgiving last year, I had the opportunity to take my mom to Hawaii to visit my brother and uh, his family. And my brother found out my aunt lives only 0.7 miles away from them. So one afternoon, my mom arranged to visit my, her sister. That get-together was not as pleasant as we hoped to be. After they got home, my brother and sister-in-law decided to invite her to a dinner and magic show that we were planning to go. Good food and a fun evening opened her up. She kept thanking my brother and said she, has, she hasn't laughed so much in so long. Since that evening, my brother and sister-in-law have her over for Sunday dinners, invited her to my nephew's Honolulu Youth Orchestra, his company Christmas party, and a church-related event in someone's home. She was welcomed warmly by Christians, and she enjoyed the time. Perhaps you have family members you try to witness to, but they show very little interest in spiritual matters. Do you feel like you're giving up? Do you feel like you, do you know that you can continue to pray? My aunt still hasn't responded in any way, uh, spiritually. But I always, always feel that someone come to know the Lord is not my job. It's not my responsibility. My responsibility is faithfully sowing the seed and water, love on people, treat them for dinner, treat them for a meal, and always love them. We also have neighbors. For the most part, I have wonderful neighbors. Several years ago, I had a less desired neighbor right on the left side of my house. And several neighbors called police on this neighbor, and then from time to time, they told me what they saw, because the special neighbor across the street. And this young man in this family had his music so loud that I just felt my, my study shook. And in our townhouse uh, development, each house has two parking spaces. But oftentimes when I get home, my spaces were taken. I felt at the beginning, that's my right. I have two spaces. But then I have to knock on their door and tell them to move their car. And also, um, they just, they're not very clean and they're very loud. And, you know, we, I was told they probably just should have just three people in their house, three adults. But end up, I don't know how many people lived in that house. So I was so mad, so upset about my space was taken, uh, the music was so loud, until one day God convicted me. You travel different, to different parts of the world to teach, to share God's love and message to people. Why can't you love your neighbor? And I felt really convicted. 
So one day I decided I'd bake some zucchini, not bread, uh, not muffin. And I went to the neighbor and offered some to her. And the noise in the parking situation hasn't changed, but God helped me to deal with that in a different way. After that, I had several opportunities to talk to the lady, to talk to the mom, and learn that the family is so dysfunctional and their son is so unruling that no one at home knows what to do. How to love when someone in your world is not lovable. I'm not saying that I got it, you know, but it took me a little while to say, God, yes, I have a right to have a quiet neighbor. I have a right to have my parking spaces. Yet there are times, our world, people in our world, really not the kind of people we like to love. Someone in your community, in the community, on April 19, 2017, I emailed our church staff. I say, every morning when I get to the office, I saw a lady walks around our church property. I saw her last Sunday, too. Today, I stopped and introduced myself to her and asked her where she lives. How long has she been in this area? Her name is Krishna from Mumbai, India. Her daughter just brought a house next to our church property four months ago. She lives in the States for 10 months now and goes back to Mumbai for two months every year. Every day after she see her daughter, granddaughter on the school bus, she came over to our church property and walked 10, 10 rounds, you know, about 15 minutes. I mentioned to her I was, I was in India to teach in 2015. And next time when I saw her, I tell her the place I, I was in, in the hard room. I invite her to come by, some, come by some time and visit us at church. I don't think she knows the Lord, I told the staff. I trust that she finds our staff friendly and welcoming when she is on our property. Join me in prayer for Christina and, her, and for her salvation. So our staff prayed. And on May 24, 2017, I wrote our staff again. I am so excited to share with you that I see Christine, uh, Krishna today again, walking around our church parking lot. I almost missed her if I didn't have to drop something uh, off in the kitchen at the back of the church building. I told her how happy I am to see her and asked how she'd been. We had a brief chat. I asked if it's okay uh, to visit her at her home. She folded her hand and said, please come. She also said that if I come on Saturday, I would get to meet her daughter and her grandchildren. Having served on the mission field in Asia, I know that she might be just being polite. So I pray that I will be sensitive to the spirit to lead, leading to build the bridges of love and trust. So we exchanged our contact information. So I asked the staff to pray that we will get to meet her at her home sometime soon. And I said to the staff, this is so cool. I'm very excited. Keep praying. So I wrote them again um, a month after that. I said, this morning I got to our church parking lot. I parked on the other side and walked to the main entrance. I then saw Krishna turned the corner of our building. 
If I were to enter from the side entrance, I would have missed seeing her. Thank you, Lord, for another opportunity to connect with her. I walk toward her and say hi and ask about her grandchildren. She told me she will be going to India on June the 24th for eight weeks. I told her, oh, I was looking forward to visit you. She said, you, still, you could still come before I leave. So we decided to meet Wednesday, June 14. So I got to her house, and she already had dosa made, you know, the batter made, and wanted to have, want me to stay for lunch. Long story short, I was invited to her home twice. She talked, we talked about life, she made reference about God, and she told me that how she tried to live within the principles of life. Before she moved to Boston last May, I took her out for lunch. So I said, you choose where you, you know, where you want to go, what you want to eat. She said, I like Chinese food. That's easy, you know. I, we have plenty of Chinese restaurants around. She was all dressed up that day. I gave her a Jesus film, DVD, and a copy of the New Testament in her language. We still text each other sometime. I continue to pray for her salvation and trust that the Spirit will bring believers along her way to bring her to Christ. We have families, we have neighbors, we have people in our community, and then we also have our world sometimes have strangers that we never met. Through a mutual friend, I was introduced to a missionary couple who served in the Middle East for over 10 years. And when Syrian refugees began to flee from Syria to Lebanon, they moved to Lebanon to minister to them. Four months, we first, for four months we first, since we connected with each other, I left for Lebanon to, to help with the refugee work in Becca Valley, where refugees lived in tents and on the field. It's always difficult to know that you know, people that we never met, how do we love them? And I learned that sometimes our love is very limited. No matter how much we want to do that. Our neighbor is difficult to love sometimes, and then the people in our community, we need to step up to do that, to, to get to know them. So it's always easier to love with our head than with our heart. As we think about missions, the unreached, at your doorsteps and beyond, God calls us to love. Sometimes loving people mean inconveniences, but little comfort in life. It stretches your heart and mind beyond your comfort zone. Someone once said, to be kind is more important than to be right. Many times when people need it's not a brilliant, brilliant mind to speak, but a special heart to listen. In an age when we often hear the word passion, yet oftentimes we, we do not have enough acts of compassion, our evangelism approaches oftentimes become getting the project done, but not taking enough time to actually get to know people love on people. John Palmer in Evangelism as a whole said that a passion for souls with compassion for people. He said, the church 
develops tools and methods for evangelism, which focus solely on telling the story, but not on the rest of the story. We're keen on people hearing and responding to the gospel, but less interested in the impact that the gospel has on their lives, family, and communities. Furthermore, our evangelistic approaches become focused on a once-and-done strategy of proclaiming and quickly moving on to our next targets. The two most important emotions are passion and compassion. Without passion, nothing happens. Without compassion, the wrong things happen. How can we effectively love the world around us? How much love do we have in us to give to love? Where is our source of love? Some time ago, I was thinking about how can we love people more? So now it becomes my daily prayer that God will increase the capacity of love in me. I found that oftentimes in the morning, after devotion, my life is almost like a pitcher full of water. And as I get out of the house, or even before I get out of the house, I have emails, I have texts, sometimes phone calls, voicemail messages. I begin to pour in people's, people's life. Sometimes it just needs a little bit, not much. But there are people who need a little bit more. There are people even need more. And I found that before the end of the day, my love really down to a little bit. Where do I get more love? And I need to remember that I need to go back to the source of love, which is Christ. And I need to feel, ask him to fill me with more love. So the next time, when I have someone who needs more love, more time, more of my patience, I can pour in their lives. And I need to feel, have him feel me more. So I can feel, not just this person, maybe this person a little bit, and maybe this person a little bit. My picture of love runs out very easily, but I'm thankful that Christ, God is the source of my love. I can always go back to him. Like I said, I ask the Lord daily to increase my capacity to love, of love. I found that if I don't draw from him consistently to be filled by his love, I don't have much, I don't have anything to offer to others. What principle or what can, how can we effectively love the world around you? Number one, I feel that we need to pray for the people in your world regularly. Write someone's name down and daily, regularly pray for that person. That's the first step of loving. Loves come from God. He loves our world through us. 
I am not able to love if it's, if it's not for Christ. We are his witnesses everywhere. We need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit leading. We are not to do everything and meet every need. There are times the Holy Spirit changes our plans. There are times that the Holy Spirit redirects our course. Are we in tune with God to know his heart and mind? We need to slow down. We need to take time. We need to look up. Try not to be too preoccupied with ourselves, with our phone, with our music, and even with our agenda. I mentioned on Monday that the challenge we face in the 21st century is that we are too busy. Unless we slow down and take the time, we won't be able to show our love. On Sunday, you know, um, we pastoral staff are very busy, and people always want to tell you something, and I try to take time to stop and ask people, how are you? But I think most of us don't want to tell people how we really feel. I mean, we always answer, how would you answer when people ask you, how are you? You would say, fine, good, you know. And so sometimes whatever people say really not really how they feel, but maybe they know that we don't really care to know the answer, they would just say, fine. And I remember this story, this uh, joke, when we were in seminary. You know, we have a stairwell going down to the library. So one day someone tested, well, this is just a story. Two guys, one up, one down, going up, going down. This one guy wanted to test a theory where the people really listening. So one guy asked him, how are you doing? The other guy said, my mother just died. And the guy who asked, how are you, how is, how are you doing? Didn't really listen. He said, good, because that's how we respond to most people when people ask you, how are you doing? So take time to listen. Take time to really show you care and you love. There are many times when I got to the parking lot of church, I just wanted to get to my office. If I did hurry and not taking the time, I would have missed Krishna many times. Ask the Lord to open your eyes and ears to see and understand the needs of others. Steve Mueller said, it's easy to get caught up in the hustle and bustle of life and to overlook the need for hope that's all around us. When we open our eyes and focus our minds on love and empathy, we see opportunity to make an impact in someone else's life. Try to build the bridges of love. I teach perspective, and I teach lesson 11 on cultural part. And that's my favorite lesson. And I have taught 53 times now. And I have eight more lessons in, less in the spring. And I still continue to learn how to build bridges of love, especially to, with people who do not know Christ. Practice kindness and let it become a lifestyle. The kindness begins with a hello and a, or a smile. The person you encounter might be facing a struggle that you are not aware, whether you're in a grocery line, whether you're even 
in the cafeteria, getting your food, wherever you are, sometimes a smile and a hello, and really mean it when you ask, how are you? Your warm greeting and a smile can change the outlook, leave someone burdened. When we talk about loving our world around us, there's no easy way, there's no formula either. But as we are picture of life, of love filled up, we can pour into other people's life a little bit at a time. And to close, uh, to close this, today's message and this week, I would like for us to read it together. This is a missionary version in 1 Corinthians 13. It's great that we say we love the unreached, you know, all the way somewhere. But it really needs to start here. Start with our own heart. Start with our love for the church as well. So would you mind to stand so we read it together? I may be able to speak fluently the language of my chosen field and even understand its culture. But if I have no love, the impact on my speech is no more for Christ than that of a businessman who come to exploit the people. I may have the gift of contextualization God's word when I deliver to my hearers. I may have all knowledge about their customs. I may have the faith needed to combat witchcraft. But if I have no love, I am nothing. I may give everything that I have to the poor, to the hungry in the fabulous. I may even give my life for them. But if I have no love, this does no good. Love is thinking in their thought patterns, caring enough to understand their worldview, listening to their questions, feeling their burdens, respecting them, identifying with them in their need, belonging to them. Love is eternal. Culture passed away. Dynamic equivalence will change because culture change. Patterns of worship and church administration will need revision. Languages will alter over time. Institutions will be replaced because these are not reality. Since I'm finite, I can only study how to express the message across cultures, trying to free it from my culture bias. I'm able to do this only in a limited way, but I pray that the Spirit will use my life to show Christ to those with whom he worked. Meanwhile, this remains identification, contextualization, and love. But the greatest of this is love. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you are the source of love. You love us first, and then you also send us out to love people around us, in our community, in our family, in our community, in our neighbor, in our, everywhere. Even someday, you send us overseas to love those who still do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Though I pray that you continue to fill us with your love, increase the capacity of love in us, so that whether we have lovable people where they encounter people that we don't naturally like, or someone who 
it's very difficult to love. I pray that we show the love of Christ to them. Help us, Lord, and help us to love you with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, and with all our strength. And also help us to love our church. Father, sometimes church is difficult to love too. But we pray that you help us to love. Because in your wisdom and mercy, you put a group of imperfect people so that we can experience your love more as we learn to love one another. Love your church. Because you do desire the church to be your witnesses throughout the world. Father, you give us a world of friends and people around us. Their time is they are also difficult to love. There are times we don't know how to love. But I pray that by even willing to say hello or give a smile, people feel that we are different. We are, be we are followers of Jesus Christ. And slowly, as we build the bridges of love, some of these people will come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Father, we know that there are a lot of things we can do uh, we would like to do. But actually, one of the first things we need to do is to pray, is to love, so that other people see Christ in us and be drawn to you. And I pray for my brother and sister who have been faithfully coming this week. Father, I pray that you will use them, you will bless them, you will guide their steps and help them to always honor you with your life and with, your, with their life, they also show forth the love of Christ to the world around them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.